Hey guys, welcome to the Bag to Boardcast episode number 514. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. Don't mock me, I'm stifling a cough. <laughs> we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the week in geek, bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out March 1st. It is. Happy New Month, everybody. What year? Uh, 2023. And then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And hey, Happy New Month, everybody, because it's time for our February look back. We're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that we read last month. February. 2023. 2023. Mm. So stay tuned for that. But also you can stay tuned for. Us having a beer. And yeah. Paul, what are you drinking? They don't even need to wait that long. They don't even need to stay tuned for that long. They just need uh, to keep listening. No, we're going to talk about more, so stay tuned for that. It's, that's what I was saying. Oh, okay. more. I'm drinking uh, a black rye Indian pale ale, John. I don't know if you've had this, uh, but it is quite I'm having it with. I'm having it with you, buddy. What? We're, you gave me an excuse to crack open another one. Dear Brothers? brothers we're having the firestone wookie jack the black rye ipa from firestone walker and this clocks in at a hefty 8.3 but man it hides that alcohol well it is delicious it is returned after a long hiatus it is in a new form factor it is in a six pack 12 ounce cans that used to be in the big bomber bottle yeah it was delicious we used to try to sell her it we definitely cannot sell her it in cans you still can. What do you want to lose? What do you want different out of this beer? Nothing right now. Exactly. And like that's my big thing when I talk to people about cellaring stuff now, especially like how I've cellared and I have stuff that's basically garbage now. What do I want to change in this beer? And if there isn't anything, then it shouldn't be in the cellar. A big hop pop up front. That big a uh, pop of bitter, hot bitter. bitter. If I dialed that back and got more of that dark malt and rye, I could see myself enjoying that. And I think yeah. that's why we celebrated it. Because think. back when we first got this, Chris and I, we hated the big hot pop. Mm-hmm. We said, do not hot pop. Yeah, you can't hop on pop here. Yeah, don't do it. The pop-free hop zone. You're going to pop that pop if you hop on pop. Then they'll call the cops. <laughs> yeah, so we would just put it in the cellar, lock it away, forget about it. Three months later, pop that top. The hot pop is gone. <laughs> Delicious. Paul, Paul stop. <laughs> I kind of want him to keep going. No, that because stop also fits into the. Yeah. Oh. I had to explain it. Now it's funnier. Thanks. All right. Let me go put on my crop top. <laughs> uh, I think, too, there might be beers that you do want to sort to have it, like Paul said, like, you know, take something away from it or mellow out a little bit. But also, I think, just Dragons of Science it. See how maybe you sit on it for a little bit. How is it different? Maybe not necessarily something that you're looking for from it, but just to be like, hey, how, how is this going to be in a year? But all rhyming and being silly aside, I really think that's why we liked it when we cellared it. 
before because we liked that it mellowed out the hop flavor and it brought out more of the rye and the malt. Yeah, same thing. I mean, even like a KBS, like it kills that alcohol, like alcohol forefront, and then you just get like nice, smooth, sweet malt. Goose Island uh, bourbon counties, I think, always need a year on them. I don't know. I I demolished the bottles that I got this year. They still have, I think, like the standard one at my beer store because I saw it last time I went looking for Wookie Jack. And I thought about just buying another bottle, but I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to to sit on that. Like, I think I would just want to drink it again because I it's, it's solid. I mean, even to go to Southern Tier at the Blackwater series, Creme Brulee, like you guys want to age that one. So it takes away some of that, like. I love that sweet bite, though. Like, give me, give me more. Yum, 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 yum. But, Chris, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am also that. I do. I do. But I don't have anywhere. This is the last can that we have in the apartment. But luckily, I can get it again because this is coming from one of my local breweries. Uh, This is coming from Dead Words Brewing. And this is actually a collaboration that they did with. Masvel, a brewery out of Barcelona, Spain. Um, I'm not doing this in the face of New Beer's resolutions. I was sick over the past weekend, so my days off, I didn't have time to go to another local brewery like I wanted. Uh, luckily, I did have this and the next two beers I'll be having for the evening in my refrigerator from when we went to the brewery just because it was like a Tuesday night and we're like, hey, let's go get pizzas and dead words um this is a brand new collaboration that they have like they literally just tapped it the day that we were there and one of the servers who recognizes us every single time we go in he's like have you guys tried the new beer yet and i thought he was speaking about their anniversary ale which i'll be having at the end of the show um and i was like yeah it's great And he's like no not that one the proeza uh because this is this is their new hotness, I would say. Um, this is a rye ale that they teamed up with this Barcelona brewery um, to bring together the cultures. And I do want to just read their description of it um, because uh, Masvel in Catalan means the old farm, farmhouse uh, because their brewery faces a uh, the Mediterranean Sea on a 14th century farmhouse that was once used to produce wine and olive oil. Um, ingredients are the dark amber lager, uh, lager malt, uh, heirloom rye malts, and double kilned Munich um, and Lorien hops. And this is absolutely fantastic. Like this is super smooth. It's nice. It's easy to drink. When you say it's a rye beer, I usually expect that nice rye bite. But the other malt that's with it just it's very smooth. But then you just get that kind of like rye tingle where it's more like. It's weird, but like a rye bread, mm-hmm. which is my favorite kind of bread. Like it's the best breakfast toast bread. Um, Yanni drank the other three cans of this. I'm happy to have this one because she really dug it as well. And I think now is the time that I can start teaching her about malts and maybe what she likes. And we can start to build more of a flavor profile for her from that. So that's kind of exciting from like a beer boyfriend standpoint. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Uh, and the beer sounds good. <clears throat> you talked to us about that beer last week, like post-show. Yeah, we uh, while we were wrapping up, everybody like, kind of got together just to chat. And like, yeah, he came over with a can of it just to like yeah. catch up. <clears throat> but guys, so, yeah. 
time to catch up with what's happening back in the news garden. Yeah. We had Chris. I, I I want to start off with this one because this seems insane to me, but also just makes perfect sense because uh, Warner Brothers announced that they're going to be developing another Lord of the Rings movie. I mean. I would say stop the presses, but we know Warner Brothers has been suffering for a while with everything that they've been putting out. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of shakeups at the studio, and it seems like they are trying to go to a back-to-basics approach because, to quote my uh, best friend Paul, it's like they're saying, money, please. (laughs) Um, So I have the article saved just because I wanted to quote this in specific because uh, studio head David Zaslav came out and said, uh, we're going to have a real focus on franchises. We haven't had a Superman movie in 13 years. We haven't done a Harry Potter movie in 15 years. We uh, DC movies and Harry Potter movies provided a lot of profits for Warner Brothers in the last 25 years. So the focus is on franchise. Um, that's one of the big advantages we have. I think he's forgetting that, yes, they haven't done a Superman movie, but they have been continuing to put out related feature films in that time and then same thing yes they haven't done harry potter but they've been continuing to put out related films diminishing returns on both of those big franchises so i don't know what they're going to expect to see from lord of the rings which yes was a top performer for them but again those movies came out over 20 years ago now and amazon does have the rights that's how we got the rings of power miniseries and we'll be getting season two of that coming out who knows when i they're not being like lord of the rings back to the shire like it's not going to be a continuing thing so it's going to have to be something that's taking place in that world which i mean there's a wealth of stories to tell but i don't know if there's going to be anything that's going to you know save the studio well they've they haven't had luck with trying to save the studio be talking about fantastical beasts like that's a series like nobody wants to talk about like even david zaslav doesn't want to talk mention mention it because it, that third movie that was supposed to I turn st- it around i still haven't seen it exactly and i have we, no intention to see it we've talked previously um not fans of jk uh rowling but still appreciate the the world that's been built and like the characters and the stories but there wasn't enough in Fantastic Beasts 1 and 2 to make me be like, yeah, like I'm all in. And I like some of those characters. I think they all have their charms. It's an interesting story, but it wasn't interesting enough to make me be like, okay, let me go to the theater, see it. And then when it was out of theaters, it wasn't, okay, let me pick it up on Blu-ray to watch it. I could just watch it for free. I'm making air quotes right now because it's available on HBO Max, but I still haven't had the time to just be like, oh, let me just put this on on my day off when I'm cleaning or whatever. And it's meh. I think the biggest thing that the biggest thing I feel that these movie companies are doing and they're like, we're going to do a trilogy. And they don't sit down and write the entire story. All three movies at one time. And figure it out story wise that way. Mm -hmm. 
instead they do a movie, they build these things that, okay, we're going to have these three points that we're going to go into this movie that people are going to look forward to it. And then they get somebody else that writes it, somebody else that directs it. The people come in to work on it, and then they're like, okay, I don't care what that guy did, this. And I'm going to change things and do things and create new story threads. And then you go into that last movie, and it's new writer, new this, new that. Hey, these things didn't work. Fix it. And then that guy's trying to scramble to finish all of that. So, but then they're also still trying to build into like a shared universe that then they can springboard into something else. Yeah. But it's like, if you did that all at once, you had your beginning, middle and end. Your first movie's your beginning. Second movie's your middle. And your last movie's the end. Like then you have a place where everybody kind of knows where things are going to go. And then you also have the ability like, Hey, people like this person will bulk them up a little bit in this. Hey, they didn't like this person. We can do something to maybe fix it, make them better, get rid of them, blah, 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 whatever. And then in the end, have a conclusion that makes sense to the story that's been told in the first two movies. Like it just, you just keep seeing them do this and you're like, what the fuck? Yes, John, we all know that you believe the sequel, the prequel trilogy for star Wars is the best trilogy. And thank you for sharing your opinion on that again for the last five minutes. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd say it's better than the last trilogy we got. I, definitely more memeable. And that has its <laughs> charms. But I, I, same thing. Like, I mean, you can look at Universal with the dark universe where they want to make all the Universal monsters, but updated and sexy and edgy. Well, you, you didn't because you're so focused on building a universe that you didn't make a good movie. And I think you need to start with a good movie, a good story. And then you take what people like from that one. And then you build off of it. You don't try to say like, okay, we're doing all of this Sony with amazing Spider-Man. Like the first one was pretty decent. Like it wasn't like amazing, but, uh, was though, um, but it was fine. But then amazing Spider-Man two there was so much stuff that they were trying to set up and you need to remember, they still cut out everything that they wanted to put in there. That was focused on Mary Jane Watson because they had her written into the movie. They cast someone, they filmed stuff. She was like a full fledged character with us, like a story in there. And then they're like, we're doing too much with this lose MJ. It's like, okay, but that movie still did too much after you took out. Well, they took her out to add all the other stuff in. It's not how you make movies. Yeah, I don't make movies, but I know I yeah. make movies. <clears throat> well, this whole, you know, and we we gotta hope that uh, James Gunn and uh, what's the other guy's name? Kevin Feige. No, not James Gunn. The oh, other guy, Peter Safran. Yeah, are truthful when they say, "Hey, we're not getting studio interference. It's our own umbrella." Underneath the Warner Brothers, we're going to do what we want to do, because right now I can't trust any kind of studio to do this, these kind of major film franchises. I think I think you can. Um, and that's going to kind of lead me into the next story, because recently Kevin Feige came out and said 
moving into phases five and six, they're going to be pulling back on the number of TV shows that they're doing. Um, he didn't rightly come out and say like oversaturation, uh, but it seems like they realize like things land softer when there's more around it that's leading into it. And they know they kind of maybe have to focus on doing the like the one shots or the the special presentations, like have it just be like a self-contained story, get people like excited about something. It's its own corner of the universe and then have that move into something else. So the movies maybe have a little bit more room to breathe, have them become events again. And I think me as a viewer and someone that loves this universe and these characters pre-show, we were talking about how the next episode is going to be our great movie retrospective for WandaVision. Usually every time we've done a great Marvel movie retrospective, when we talk about that movie, it's like my sixth or seventh time watching that movie. I know everything backwards and forwards from it. I'm just writing everything down to make sure I don't miss anything for when we talk about it. WandaVision I've only seen once. And like I think the last two movies leading up to that, I've only watched once now because there's too much content. And it it makes it hard to pay attention lavish on it love on it because as soon as it comes out you're like hey did you see that oh yeah it was cool hey this is coming out you gonna watch this like it, there's there's too much of that and i think it, marvel's probably the first studio that's realized that and i think it's a hard lesson that maybe lucasfilm is going to have to learn coming up soon too yeah, i think there's a, definitely something to say for having things feel like an event that you want to be a part of versus something that you feel like you're never caught up with and you just have too much homework to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and I still haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. This is actually the first Marvel movie that I haven't seen opening weekend. Um, as of us recording it, the movie's been out for pretty much a week and I still haven't seen it. I wanted to go see it opening weekend, but the screening that we were going to go to, all the seats that were together sold out. So it's like, well, it's okay next time. And then I got sick, so it just hasn't happened. But I'm at the point now where it's like I've been able to dodge anything about it. Like, so I'm still going to go in fresh. But it's kind of the question I was like, well, when am I going to have the chance to see it? And if I don't, I mean, it's still going to pop up on Disney Plus in three or four months. Like, do I think it's going to be earth shattering enough that I need to see it before? Guardians comes out. I don't this think kicks off Phase Five. This is Phase Five's first movie. But it also seems like Guardians is still going to be like wrapping up that story, so it might not be. <clears throat> Ant Man's probably not going to be leading too much into that. It's like, so I don't think there's going to be too much connective tissue that I'm going to be missing out on. Yeah, um, I was able to make it with Black Panther without finding anything out by the time it came up on, um. Disney Plus. And I was fine with that. I did the same thing with Thor. I kind of want I I really actually I really want to see Ant-Man in the theaters. And it just has been that like too can't much watch it on the you can't watch it on the small screen. No, I, I Ant Man jokes. That's, uh, yeah. That's, that's all but I I, I do want to see that I do want to see it on the on the big screen. And um and it's just trying to find the time 
busy, busy lives to go to the movies because we haven't made time for movies really in years. You know, like my wife and I, like the only things we've seen in theaters are comic book movies. We haven't uh, that in um, uh, the prequel to the the horror movie X uh, Pearl. Like we saw that in the theater. Um, Cause my you wife, you know what you should have went to see in the theater. Top Gun Maverick. That was a fun experience. You know, everybody says it's so good. I have no, and I'm like, yeah, I hear it's good. I have no interest in seeing that movie. It just <laughs> does nothing for me. I have no, no I, I, I have I'm no nostalgia way. for the first movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just I'm, like, eh. So, Paul, are you actually surprised by that? Or is it just because you're like, okay, Mission Impossible, I love those movies. My family loves those movies. So, like, is it by... I, well, I liked Top Gun as a kid as okay. well. Like my uncle, I think I saw it once as a kid, and it didn't stick with me at all. Like Same thing, Days of Thunder. Like I saw it as a kid, and I probably thought it was really cool because stock cars. <clears throat> but I have no... My uncle served on an Air Force carrier, or yeah, yeah, on a, 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 a you know, yeah, a carrier, and uh, so he would have all these pictures of the carriers and all the pictures of the jets and everything. So when we we, we he would visit, you know, he would show off all these pictures, and he got us as like the metal like models, you know, they were maybe uh, six inches, you know, of the all the different types of. Uh, the Jets, you know, the Blue Angels, the F-14s, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I played with that those toys as a kid, like, even before seeing Top Gun. So when I saw Top Gun, I'm like, I have that toy! You know? So I had fun with uh, Top Gun growing up. I, so you were able to see all the pictures of, like, the planes and everything behind, like, the big red confidential stamps? Because I'm pretty sure your uncle was selling those secrets to the enemy. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Did you see these pictures, like, when he was, like, passing them off to someone for, like, a big bag? Or not? Oh, I was going to make the money bag, but it would have been silver brief. Big bag I'm of sorry. <laughs> Peel and eat. <laughs> Boys, boys, eat up, eat up. I got a lot of this from from, from the Gulf Coast. That's called the Gulf War, right? Since they were Uh, fighting over the shrimp? They were fighting over the shrimp. The more inside uh, confidentiality. A couple years, there's going to be a movie. It's going to tell you how to prepare the shrimp. List them. It's going to list all the different ways. Forrest Gump. And you can hear my review of (laughs) Bubblegum Shrimp Cup. Over at Parks and Red. Synergy. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of synergy, we like comic books. We like comic book related things. Uh, one of John's favorite comic books. I thought it was one of his favorite comic books. And then when I submitted it for a pick for trading policy, he was like, oh, I've been looking forward to reading that. And it's like, <laughs> I thought you told me it was good. Um, something is killing the children. Alive at Netflix. Uh, yeah, uh, net next Netflix uh, reups a deal with uh, quote unquote dark creators um, in James Tinian's comic book series. Something is killing the children um, from Boom Studios is going to be made over at Netflix as well as uh, um, I guess some other books by other kind of dark quote unquote uh, creators. Um, and Paul, you had a, a great line. 
It's okay. Steal it like Chris stole my other line. No, no, I'm, 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 oh, I'm oh, hand, I, my hand is out. I'm handing it to oh, you. Well, you man. had a great line, and my hand went out, and oh, then you okay. said, oh, "Go ahead and steal it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feeling punchy. No, uh, yeah. So Netflix is looking for another uh, replacement for Stranger Things. They got to keep their subscribers until the next season of Stranger Things is coming out. So, or they're looking for the replacement because I'm assuming this will be out after the last of the Stranger well, Things. Most likely, just with the amount of lead up time that they would probably need to do for it. Um, I'm looking forward to reading this book. I've heard nothing but great things about it. Um, when you sent this story over, I told my girlfriend about it because she's really enjoying the book and I was like hey you like you excited for this and she's like yeah you was like I mean they did a great job with Sandman she, like her point was like oh I'm surprised you went to Sandman first and not Umbrella Academy it's like well yeah they they did that one great too I think when Netflix does work side by side with the creators of these kind of lesser known comic book properties I mean they're known to us we're fans there's enough there that it works. I mean, even something like Sweet Tooth got a season two. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, that's another comic book property that's like in our wheelhouse. So. And I think what these TV companies and streaming services are seeing with especially like the success of um, uh, Last of Us is you can stay true to the source material maneuver some things around but as long as you're sticking to it and making a good show people are going to be talking about it raving about it and have good things to say so you might see these properties like not just like oh we bought it we're going to do this and blah 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 like there might have the the people who wrote them work on them and help create a a good show that follows the story not to the T, but hits those beats and makes it work. And I mean, Paul, like we were excited about why the last man and like, that's, that was just like, we've waited, you, you've waited for years and I'm not huge. Why the last man fan. You're not I a fan like, at all. I don't I, lie. You're, you're not a fan at all. I appreciate the book series. I appreciate the conversations that we have and you guys have said why you love it. And I understand the, I understand the love for that book. That I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see this. I'm hoping for a reason for me to want to read it again, and get into it. <clears throat> and that was just like, I like, I was like, this is awful. And Caitlin was like, why aren't they doing the book? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I, so again, I <clears throat> love that comic. I mean. Paul, you were a little bit more up on it than I was. I think mm-hmm. you were keeping kind of current on it. I didn't. Um, I still haven't seen that show. Oh, you don't, yeah. you don't need to. Paul and I did a, a movie fix on it. And we promised that we were going to do a second one, but neither of us could get through it. Like I no. got to episode four <clears throat> and it got better, but still not good. I got to whenever they left on the helicopter. Yeah. Which was episode maybe three. I got past that. Yeah, I couldn't. Um, Just from what I've seen of Last of Us and what I've heard about Why the Last Man. Last of Us seems like the better show and a better use of my time. Like I've 
thoroughly enjoyed all of that so far. And I've never even played the games. Like I have a passing knowledge <clears> of them just from my time working at GameStop when the first one came out. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. Uh, something we, we haven't talked about is uh, I played the game and I loved it. I've been playing the game uh, with the show. So I watch the episode and then I play the game up to the spot where that episode ended and then continue on the next week. And that's what I've been doing with the show. And the story beats that the show does are as good or exactly the same or better in the show is the game. And like, they don't do it maybe in the same sequence, but they still get there. And it's like, okay, this scene that was in this sewers, they're not in the sewers in this scene, but they're this, you know, like it's still all lines up and is parallel, just a little bit different on how they do it. And I've been, I've been enjoying watching the show and playing the game at the same time. And I think I'll definitely, if the season two that they're going to do is the next game, I feel like I want to do the same thing, like play the game. Did you play this along with one? the show? I or haven't. No. Okay. I just never got around to it. Um, it. It's one of those things that I don't really buy new games. I buy. Well, and you're. I, I get. Luckily I get for games, you, it's not a new game anymore. But it <laughs> hasn't come here. up. I really thought it would have come up um, for free because I, I have a PlayStation, mm-hmm. so I'm part of the PlayStation Network. You get three to four games um, a month for, for for that. And I'm really surprised that they haven't done that game. Um, yeah, I, I'm just surprised like it hasn't come up for me to, to get for free. That could be a synergy thing on their end where people are watching the show and they're like, oh, I might as well buy the second game because I'm going to see what happens in the first <clears> game. <throat> I don't know. I'm just yeah, I'm just guessing, but I don't need to talk about any other news. I don't know if you guys got anything. Oh, but if you want to watch people play old video games, you can head over to our Twitch channel, Chris. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, synergy all the way around. Paul's playing through all of his old Steam wishlist games that he picked up and hasn't played. Yeah, my my backlog for my library. But uh, you know what that gets gets, helps me get through that uh, backlog? Probably staying hydrated, I would guess. Mm, Yes, definitely staying hydrated. Because you're... Because you're, you're playing, like, you're in those hot, like, studio lights that you got on you. You're uh, you're talking, you're interacting with, with viewers. There's <laughs> hardly any interactions with any viewers, but whatever. But I, I like uh, drinking beer, and this is a pretty decent one. This is from Big Ditch. This is their Excavator Brown Ale with Rye. Uh, this is from their classic series. Uh, this is a really solid brown ale. You know, I'm happy about it. I'm not getting much rye from it, but big malts, rusty malts, that's good. Come, it's a what's the ABV on this? I don't know, probably like six, six or seven. Who knows? Who would know? I mean, you would. You're looking at the can. I'm looking at the can. I don't see it. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm going to worry about what Chris is drinking, and by worry, uh, I mean be interested in. Uh, my next beer, again, also from Deadwoods Brewing out of Orlando, Florida. And this is their Golden Stag. And this is a pale lager um, brewed with a Belgian Pilsner, pale malts, uh, Styrian Golding Celia hops, 
and their own homemade uh, or home cultivated, I guess I should say, uh, German yeast strain, and then rested on cypress wood. Um, I'm looking for an ABV, 6.4% ABV. So it's a little bit like of a bigger boy than you would expect because it's super quenching, super crushable. Like this is very. Is it easy the quenchiest? It might be the quenchiest. I mean, let me see if there's any melon notes to it. Or no, <laughs> not melon, but like cactus. Cactus. Cactus notes. <clears throat> yes. It, it does have a nice sweet. Uh, they say flavors of vanilla sponge cake, fresh baked bread, and a subtle, pleasant earthiness. Um, I had a sip of this before because, again, this was another one that we picked up when we went. And Yanni drank the other three of them. Um the girl knows what she's likes. Deadwards is her favorite brewery. This is absolutely delightful, though. I don't think it's like one of their <coughs> best beers because there's not enough like big flavor pops on it that kind of make you say like, "Ooh, like this is just a good quenchy drinkable beer." And there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's just, it's just all like three point seven five because there's nothing wrong with it. Like this is really good. Like hot day, mm-hmm. Florida sun. I mean, I. I would drink is it good? Is. Now, Chris, I know you haven't done this in quite a while. Is it a good lawn mowing beer? It probably would be, yes. I'll definitely mm-hmm. say that. And complete sidebar, because uh, I'm going to throw it over to John next. I don't know if John or Paul yourself had seen uh, Buffalo Brewery, Thin Man Brewing, is actually doing a collaboration with a brewery that I talked about, Zool Brewing. Uh, nice. For their like grand reopening of their like tap room, I don't know what kind of beer it is. I just saw the like the video pop up. Um, but... uh, yeah, I asked you about this uh, a oh. little bit ago. Were you going to drink any beer from Zool? Oh, see, I thought you were asking is... that because the beer shop that I had gone to, Half Barrel, had like Zool beer. So I thought when I took yeah. the picture of the cooler, you're like, oh, you're like you drink the Zool. So I was like, oh, no, I, I was going to ask because they have clickers out right now which uh, is a collab with Zool that um, is also based off of uh, Last of Us. Synergy. (laughs) So uh, can I just say, so uh, Excavator Brown Ale is 6.2%. Okay. Paul reviewed this beer on October 11th, 2016. How How many stars do you think you gave it, Paul? I probably gave this a good solid four. I was going to okay. say four what, stars. What would you give it now? I'd give it a 3.5. Okay, you gave it three. Wow. You gave it three stars. And uh, what you said, good brown, not much rye. Which is <laughs> what you said now. <laughs> fair, fair. Beer hasn't changed, I don't think. But the thing is, if I was looking for a replacement for Wookie Jack and pick this up, I would have been disappointed. I would be disappointed. But since I'm drinking this right after a Wookiee Jack, I'm a happy boy. I already got my rye. And uh, Chris gave this 4.25. Wow. Um, I think the – because I know I had this when you, like, held it up because I was like, oh, Excavator. I've had that. So it had to have been that time that we went to Big Ditch and we sat at that, like, big round big table. Big round like, table. Because we went uh, – to a bunch of breweries that day. Like, I don't remember what stop that was, but like, that must have been the time that I had gotten it. And what I did must I get have it? ordered it. Hoping for 2016. Okay. Yeah, that would have been like I probably the first time that I came back up to Buffalo 
after I moved down here because I came here in 2015. That's when I got my tattoo. Your Ravenclaw. And Ska and Newfound Glory. It's everything that I like. Ah. Everything so John, that you like. Much like I the beer that John's drinking. You, so you could talk about beer. And then you talked about my beers that I've been <clears> previously. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I am drinking from Prison City, which has been a brewery that I've had quite a bit on here. I've liked everything I've had. And... I am now drinking their Riot in Vermont, which is a take on their Riot in Mass. Um, or their Mass Riot, sorry. Um, and this beer has Citra and Mosaic as their hops. Mass Riot has Citra, Mosaic, and Simcoe. And then in this beer, they're using Vermont Ale Yeast versus Massachusetts uh, Ale Yeast. Um, this beer is good. I don't think this comes close to how good Mass Riot is. And the Hazon I had last show, I think, is way, way better than this. Head and shoulders, a better beer than this. This is good, but this is kind of like one of those middling, juicy Vermont IPAs, New England IPAs. Like, there are so many better new england ipas than this um still good still drinkable but it's nothing that i'm like woo i got you know i gotta have it yeah. and it's today is it's 23 days old like it's only a couple weeks old it's a fresh fresh beer mm-hmm. so it's not like something's happened to the beer it's just not as good as those other two you're not burning down the house for that beer I was just trying to think of a better pun for because they have mass riot. Now they're doing riot in Vermont. This is so I thought maybe like burning down the house. It's not quite a riot, but still, you know. No. No. I mean, do you want (laughs) you want me to say something to that? Am I? No, I want you to come up with a better Vermont pun while including like a riot kind of theme. Well, I think their their mass riot is about the Massachusetts riot is what wow. it's named after. And then they're, I think they're tasting, taking that same basic beer that is that mass riot. Mm-hmm. And now they're using Vermont ale yeast to it. So they're making their riot beer in Vermont style. Right. So I'll come up with a better beer name for that. I don't fucking want to. <laughs> Paul, what's your beer? I talked about my beer. We all talked about our beer. We're talking about the comic oh, that's books right. that you were... Kicked, you kicked it off, sorry. We're talking about the comic books that we're looking forward to. Uh, it's been so out. long. I forgot that Paul went already. <laughs> the 1st of March. <laughs> oh, Paul, what, 2023. What book, what book are you looking forward to? I know it's coming on, out on March 1st, but man, am I excited for Hollow's Eve. Number one, this is spinning out of apparently Amazing Spider-Man. I don't remember this character, Hollow's Eve, but she's getting her own series. What's her powers? What's her name? Her name's Janine Godsby. Or Godsby. Godby. There's no S in there. 
And uh, yeah, apparently she's had a lot of uh, trauma in her life, and now she has a bag of super-powered masks and a chip on her shoulder. And she's going to uh, become a breakout character for Marvel, apparently. And we'll see for $5. You know, Oof. I four mean, dollars, that's, four that's ninety-nine. Hey, we bought two books. A lot of a lot of books. I think I, I, the, the three books of this were all pretty expensive. Um, I did see this one when I was going through building my own personal like Paul list, and I was kind of intrigued by it. But I was like, oh, it's another goblin themed villain for Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Um. Yes, it's a breakout character from Amazing Spider-Man, but I am... She's a villain? I think so. I mean, she's a a goblin. I don't know. She's got a hood, she's got a cape, she's got a bag of tricks. That that, that means goblin to you. I've been conditioned by decades of Spider-Man comics to think, but who knows? I could be wrong, and that's fine, because... Character design's cool, and, like, that's the kind of most striking thing about it, is, like, oh, this looks cool. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to this being their pick, because it was enough me seeing this uh, solicitation that I was like, oh, kind of cool. And I think I do like weird, random, offshoot Spider-Man characters more than I like actual Spider-Man, so... Knows maybe that this might become my new Spider Book after uh, I've fallen so so far behind on reading Silk. Hey, and it's being written by uh, Erica Schultz and art by Michael Dahl Dahling. So there we go. Erica Schultz yeah. sounds just like someone I went to high school with. It's not though. John, uh, you went to high school with John, and John. I did. Oh, maybe that's what March first. Synergy. That's going to be the title. I wrote it down, guys. It has to be. <laughs> not, not Hop, Pop, Clap? Nope. Synergy. Come on. Uh, I'm looking forward to a miniseries coming from Image Comics, and this is called Phantom Road Number 1. This is written by Jeff Lemire, art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, who is the artist behind uh, the vision book with... Um, Tom King. And this follows a long haul truck driver who uh, stops to help at a massive car accident in the middle of the night, uh, helps the woman and in the other car, they find a mysterious artifact that uh, starts bringing these strange, impossible monsters uh, are being drawn to it and they end up having to fight it off in a uh, horror meeting high concept supernatural fantasy. That's what they say. And this is a miniseries? Um, it is a miniseries. Okay. Which is one of the reasons why I grabbed it. Um, also, uh, I do enjoy Jeff Lemire and thought this might be a fun book. Uh, think- there wasn't a lot of other books that I was going to be like, hey, I'm going to go to that. One of the ones I did think about picking up was Action Comics. Because when we read Action Comics last month or the month before, I was kind of like, I'm kind of interested in some of these stories that are that this basic zero issue kind of told us about. And then I 
spoilers for up ahead. I really enjoyed this Superman comic. Well, good we thing, at. because uh, I have a feeling Paul's picking action comics. Paul, what you're picking? <laughs> I'm picking action comics number... Uh, 10 was 1052. 1052. <laughs> and this is uh, bringing together the whole Superman family as they go up oh, against the <laughs> This was his other, like, alternate. So, I, I'm... I, oh wait, gonna... I forgot I picked a book already. No, Chris, <laughs> I already picked a book and it's oh, that's All right. those Eve, number um, one. I don't want to give away my my thoughts for main topic either, but I I might also really be looking forward to action comics if Paul does happen to wind up picking <laughs> that up and have good things to say about it. Uh, you know what, Chris? Though what I'm gonna pick is actually the couple that I love in uh, the Marvel Cinema uh, Marvel Universe. This was his third pick. That was mine. <laughs> Uh, Marvel Comics coming out with a new number one, uh, and this is going to be Rogue and Gambit number one. Uh, Destiny, everyone's probably 87th favorite mutant from the X-Men comics, uh, has a vision of what's about to befall Krakoa, and she reaches out to her adopted daughter Rogue to try to help solve the problem. But Rogue's got a lot of stuff going on because she's probably part of some council of X-Men and some other random X-Men book that I haven't picked up any. So her husband, Mr. Remy LeBeau, Gambit himself is going to be like, Hey, mon ami, I got this, which is leading us into Rogue and Gambit. Number one. Um, I love these characters. I'm happy they're getting a book together because Gambit. Number one was not it guys. I'm hoping this one, uh, written by Stephanie Phillips, who's written Harley Quinn, and she's also done some of the stuff on Wonder Woman Evolution, with art by Carlos Gomez, who did the recent Exterminators book, which I did pick the first one for my one uh, list pick when it came out, but I actually didn't wind up buying it, and I instantly regretted it because the reviews of that book were actually like super good. So it's one of the things like when it is available as a trade paperback, I will be picking it up and I might subject you guys to reading it. So stay tuned for that. Um, as long as we read something is killing the children. We'll, we'll get there hopefully before the Netflix show comes out. I read it a month ago. I'm going to have to reread it. Well, you read it a month ago, but you know what we're going to read right now? The books we read a month ago? No. A dramatic reading. And now, Bag and Board presents a dramatic reading from Superman number one, page 27, panel three. That was a dramatic (laughs) reading from Superman number one, page 27. I'm sorry, Paul's <laughs> mugging at the end of that. <laughs> Panel three. That's right. Okay, if you want to see that panel, you can check out our Instagram, where Chris will post that the uh, the panel that I dramatically read uh, right there. And if you want to see us, sorry. so this the way we pick our panels is so sporadic and subjective to just whatever mood we're in at the moment like sometimes i'll just open the last book that i read sometimes i might just thumb scroll quick through and just like tap my screen quick whatever book opens opens uh this one was actually picked by john because i asked him to pick a number one through three uh spoilers guys the three books were our three picks 
for our main topic this week. Uh, and then John randomly also picked the page and panel from that. Um, that that's just how I do it. I don't know about you. If you have like. No, I just a lot of it is just going some, you know, scrolling through going, oh, I'll stop at that book. And a lot of times I'll click on it and whatever page it opens to, if it's something oh. I had read or something we had talked about, whatever page it opens to, I'm like, OK, I'll click on it and whatever panel it zooms in on or, you know, I'll do it that way. That's how I usually do it. Um, but sometimes I'll pick something and then I'm like, oh, scroll, 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 scroll. Um, I think last. Yeah, that, sorry, John was talking about when he picked Secret Invasion. <laughs> Secret Invasion. You're, you're saying scroll, but it's uh, kind of like scroll because you're like scroll, 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 scroll. Uh, I think my jokes are funny tonight, listener. Uh, Chris, you're actually thinking of uh, you're just getting the lyrics wrong to the Rihanna song. Work, 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 work. Oh, that my joke was better. I had to I had to prove that I'm the one that tells the bad jokes on this podcast. Oh, OK. OK. Well, thank you for fulfilling your. Wait, wait, Paul, if you were going to pick up a new title for that, what would it be? Ooh, new title for what? I don't You're busting my chops about my fucking beer. Like, no, no, I was trying to do a bit and, you know, and I didn't want to go with it. And you didn't want to you didn't want to do a bit. So, you know, are we then... drinking another beer? Are we reviewing I don't it know. now? I, fi- I finished mine just because I am ready for my next one, but I, I didn't know if we wanted to do like yeah, do a book and then, book and then one and then get into it. I don't know. Just, just say, come on, guys. Come on, guys. We got to get through at least one book before we get to our next beer. Come on. We we don't. Hey, <laughs> you don't tell we're, me what to do. We're loose cannons, no, guys. No, I don't because I tried to do we're a bit rogue agents. Shoot me down. <laughs> we do what we want. But what we want to do right now is we're going to get into our main topic, which, again, as we said up at the front of the show, this is the books that we read February 2023. And we all have brand new number ones that we brought to the table. Uh, With John's pick, we have Last Barbarians number one, Paul's pick, Superman number one, and my pick, Batman Legends of Gotham number one. I think we should start off with uh, John's pick. Because <laughs> he wants to get a beer. John scrambled away real quick to go get his first beer that he'll be talking, or next beer, I guess, but his his beer for after his first comic. Um, yeah, but he's sitting down. He's, for, he's about to put his earbuds back in. The thing with the book is it just doesn't feel like a John book. I, 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 and he's I got up and left and you went right to now. my book? I, I introduced it, and then Paul was the one that introduced it. Um, I don't know. I would disagree and say that this does feel like a John book because it's coming out from an indie publisher, mm. and it's a kind of pseudo self-aware fantasy book. So it's kind of going in knowing what it's going to be and tries to have fun with it. But what book is this, John? This is The Last Barbarians, number one. Uh, written, um, written and drawn by Brian Haberlin. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and this is coming from, sorry, this is with, uh, with Hannah Wall. With Hannah Wall. Sorry. Yes, with Hannah Wall. Um, Chris just got up. Do you want to throw it to Chris's book? Yeah, let's go with my... 
I was uh, vamping enough until you got back. Come on. I sit down and put my things out. Oh, just put it in your butts. We're talking about your butt. Uh, so this book, The Last Barbarians. Um, focuses Last Barbarians. Barbarians. But I think Barbarian? Uh, <laughs> That's what threw Paul off. Follows a a woman who is kind of a jack of all trades. She has a little bit of skills in all of your basically your D and D kind of sets. Your your rogues. She has a little bit of traps. She can do some sneaking. She can do a little bit of magic. So she's kind of a a, a sorcerer or a mage. She's got a little bit of everything, but not enough for her to really be part of any guild and get any work. So she is just scraping by. She's burned a lot of bridges and she's trying to take care of It's a fantasy book, so that could be taken literally. Mm. Uh, uh, She's trying to take care of her brother, who's a big seven foot kind of giant. Um. And again, she's even in the book, she's burning bridges with friends. She's trying to borrow some money. Nobody has any. And a like mage-esque paladin kind of character towards the end has the chance for a job. She takes it because she's got nothing else to do. She's going to do a two for one, which means her brother and her are going to get paid. This They're going to have to split the pay. pay. Uh, and they go off on to a ship to go after some kind of journey after being warned not to go with this guy. And there's two, two people who are two women who are going to be like, Hey, they're just leaving. We got to get them kind of a thing. I think there's good bones to this book. I think the story is fairly interesting. Like Chris said, like it's kind of self-aware. It's not as good as like, um, rat Queens. Yeah. Okay. But but it does have like an interesting and I think the book looks pretty good. It fits in that fantasy world. Um just like that page of that skull um skull mountain that she's going to go look at. Like it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Some of the I don't know if you want to call it humor that the book kind of tries to do kind of fall flat. And it seems I don't know if the, it's like, no, literally giants eat shit like these trolls eat shit like I you didn't need that line, but it feels like they're trying to be funny. And I wasn't expecting the humor as much to be in this book, but this book to be a little more serious. And I think I would have enjoyed the book if it was a little more serious. I don't think it was a bad book. I don't know if I would pick up issue two, but if the trade was on sale, I might pick up that first trade because I think the book was well drawn. It definitely captured those feels and it's kind of fun, like a jack of all trades D&D character with the super dumb barbarian giant like on this team, like it, I think it could be fun and issue two, I think might be a better enjoyable read because this book is setting way too much up. So is this a mini series or a limited series or an ongoing? Cause I, I, I don't remember if it said anything or if it was in like any of the solicitations, but 
my first note is the character on the cover does not look like the character in the book. There's kind of threw me off. I think there's like three different covers okay. for this book too. Um, Paul, do you have thoughts? Are you still kind of putting stuff together? Because you were the one that was like, okay, you said it before. I was like, is this the book? Yeah, Guys. it just seemed weird because it seemed less than Requiem's by a considerable mark. And it just isn't – the humor was there, but it just wasn't landing at all either. And then they keep on making mention that, hey, her her brother wasn't always like a simpleton. And then they try to do jokes about him being kind of slow, and then it, it was just off-putting at that point. It's like – don't make me feel – if he's going to be a gag, let him be a gag. Don't make him, like, handicapped. I, yeah, I think gag. at that point, play with the stereotypes and have him be, yeah. like, just big, dumb barbarian yeah. because, no, like, barbarian smash. Like, that's that's just what they they know is what they do. Like, it doesn't have to be in anything, well, but it, it could come out like, it, oh, he was cursed by mm-hmm. someone. Like, who, who knows? Because it is kind of playing in that – Dungeons and Dragons-y kind of tropes. Uh, the very first page uh, on the page that everybody skips reading, you know, with the... With the <laughs> I did skip reading that. I didn't even look at this. <laughs> There's a little thing that says, like, what a barbarian is in this world, and it's somebody that does not uh, join any guild. It's somebody okay. that refuses to join a guild. And I she even John makes did mention... say that, actually, when he picked this for the list. Yeah, maybe. Possibly. Uh, so she she has talent, but the thing is, she doesn't want to join a guild because she doesn't want to pursue one thing at one time. A bunch of other covers that do. Yeah, all those characters like... look different from what you actually get yeah. in the book. There's uh, like three different people <clears throat> in like that top row. I do have to say, so the fir- the last review done of this book um, on um, League of Comic Book Geeks is, I was really excited for this book based off the you know the solicit and the cover art. However, everything else in this book just fell flat to me. I wasn't expecting it to rely on humor as much as it did, and honestly thought the interior artwork was just odd. Um, which uh, I, I have no again, issues like, with the art. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think, think the art's art very strong. Good. I thought um, it, every once in a while it felt like <clears throat> photo-referenced. Like when she's in the hand of the troll, I'm like, wait, is that just... Okay, I can see that. Hermione Granger telling Rop to put her down. I see what you're saying. Um, it, there, I, there are some like weird, like the one woman's face, like the one woman's face is like, seems like if you get too close to somebody's face when you're looking yeah. at them and they look. It's almost fisheye lensy. Um, yeah. But I feel like that's kind of like nitpicky because I think all in all, the the art is very solid. And I think it's a strong, like fantasy book. Um, the bones are there. Like, I think there's enough good stuff here. And if they had played it a little bit more straight and not like jokey, jokey, it might have worked. But I feel like even after this first issue, I don't know enough about uh main character, like Silv, AKA like silver, but spelled with a Y. Um, she might just use like that humor as a defense mechanism, like coping mechanism, because she isn't a member of a guild. She doesn't have 
enough skills to get in anything. Like when they have like the it's basically like the like her trying to get into all the guilds, and she's like, "Oh, I tried to do like this, this is what they said. It was like a level two magic trick. It was enough. Also, they didn't like them being called magic tricks. Like, I think that's good. Like, I think that's that's there. Like, it's I get what you're doing. It just again, I don't want to keep comparing this book to Rat Queens, but you guys brought it up, and as soon as Johnny you said like Rat Queens, I was like, oh yeah, like. Raccoons is a great version of this. Is she like trying to be like a bard s character? Because like bards can kind of do a little yeah, of everything, and you kind of play them a little. Bards are kind of a little oh, more. Well, maybe fun? that's that's the twist. The end. She's the last bard barian. Mm-hmm. Or. Is uh is a cleric a multi class considered like the first multi class from D Because rogues I were considered know. a multi class when you first because I'm trying to think of like why the cleric I don't talk to him he's a, he's a cleric you know blah 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 Hulk the cleric he's bad news and then if this world is like you got to pick one and only stick with one it would be kind of clever so was it. When she's like showing off her like thieving skills, was it for the rogues? It was. It was like a thieves skill. Okay, because that that might be it. Maybe like we're seeing like the birth of the multi class. Like <laughs> everybody that's saying no to her is like just like soul focus, mm-hmm. stat dump. But I don't know. It's the uh, you you hit it on it. The bones are there. Like. I didn't hate this book. I didn't love it. And there's enough stuff here to make me think like, oh, like number two could be good. Like it could. I I had the same thing. Like number two could be good because there's cool. Like there are some really interesting kind of cool things. And even like the spider rabbit with deer horns at the end that's listening in, like is kind of a cool design. Uh, the panda dog bear thing that she's like hanging out with at the bar. I thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, "Eh, this is actually like the last of my money. I got to go now. I thought he was a badger mole. I don't. I I think that's a different guy. That was the guy that was on the job with him. Mm -hmm. And then she did the medic stuff with him. Like that was a little bit tough to figure out. Yeah. Were those different characters? They got, they brought the party together. Um, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was like flipping through. Maybe the character on the cover is actually one of these characters that might be the antagonist at the back end because one of them has long blonde hair and one of them has long red hair. So I don't maybe I don't know. Ultimately, yeah, kind of. I was afraid of coming to this being like the negative one because. All, all the above stated reasons, but I'm glad you guys felt the same on it because it's it was so close to being something that I was like. Yeah, but as it is, I'm just like, yeah. If issue two was three ninety nine, and nothing else came out that week, I would think about picking it up. And like I said, if it was like uh, the whole tr- like the whole first trade six issues for five ninety nine, seven ninety nine, like. I would pick up the trade because there's enough like like there's enough there that I'd be like, I'll see where this goes. 
but yeah, is if it was a four ninety nine book or a full price trade, I would not, I would not buy it. Like all this kind of, this just made me want to reread Rat Queens. Really, when you <laughs> when you break it down, like, I, I'm like oh, I don't want this to become like a whole other thing because I know we've talked about it before. But this week, I did feel a little bit of the sticker shock because I don't normally pay attention to the prices of the books that I'm buying. But all of these books I did buy digitally, so having to buy them through Comixology slash Amazon slash Kindle, like it pops up as like, "Hey, this book's five ninety nine. Buy it now, one click." So I was like, "Okay, like four ninety nine. Then like my book is like, "Okay, five ninety nine. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, Paul's book, like." Three ninety nine, three ninety nine, four ninety nine. I don't Paul's remember. Paul's was four ninety nine. Mine was four ninety nine. Uh, John's was three ninety nine. I think yours was four ninety nine or five. No, Paul, I think was, one of them was five ninety nine. It might have been mine. Chris's was five ninety nine. Okay, I th- mine was like a one shot. Like it was just what yeah, it was. Yeah, it was five ninety nine one shot. When I got to the end, I was like, wait, is this book? Is this it? I paid five bucks for this. That's it. But it could Six be setting up other stuff. That's gonna- don't worry, there's uh, going to be a Batman Legends of Gotham number one next month. <laughs> eventually, eventually, you're going to get it. Um, but yeah, just in summation of Last Barbarians, I I think ultimately, like, if I had to pick, like, yes or no, I would say yes. There, there was enough there that made me, like, interested in it. I didn't hate it. It had some moments where I was kind of like, eh, eh, mm. Like... Not every joke is always going to land, but yeah, I didn't. I, I mean, didn't listen to our it. podcast if you want proof sure. of that. Um, I, yeah, I'm I'm glad that uh, at least Chris, like you and I, are in the same boat where we didn't hate it, we liked it. Mm-hmm. And Paul, it seems more like you were more leaning on dislike than like. It was just there wasn't anything there enough for me to really latch on to and the things that were there for me to latch on to i could get some i could get it better someplace else yeah like i said like rat queens like yeah, as yeah. soon as i started as soon as it started to be funny i was like well this is no rat queens yeah this is even thinking, no um oh what's the um the oh, man i can't think of it it's there's a role-playing D and D podcast. I said the dinner table, and then they made a, a comic book series, and now they have a cartoon. Critical um, Role. I think it's Critical Role. Yeah. With uh, what's the name of the Vox Machina? Yes. Yeah. Um, like those are I. I haven't read the comic books. I've listened to the podcast. I wanted to watch the 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 cartoon, but. I just haven't gotten around to it, but like that was those are like a fun D and D thing to listen to, or I would imagine to read. Um and even I um uh Adventure Zone with the um the uh my brother, my brother and me guys. I really enjoy those. And I've bought the I have four of their trades up top there, which are their basically their podcasts turned into books, and those are fun funny D stories that i really like to listen to and read so you can do it and i just think whatever the writer's name is just not he's not that funny <laughs> it's not that funny well it's two writers it's brian yeah. and uh 
I the think she's on that just, first page that nobody reads. I think she's just along for the ride. Uh, but yeah, um, let's talk about Chris's book because I want to save the best book for last. Well, I want to talk about beers first. Oh, pardon moi. Brian had John adjusted his glasses as he did that, and I loved it. <laughs> um, what beer did he grab, Chris, that you want to talk about? Uh, I don't my know if final- you started one yet. I did. I I got up, I grabbed it, I drank some of it. Um, My final beer of the night from Deadwards Brewing is their Janus, and this is 12.2%, so that's why I saved it for the end, um, because this is their first year anniversary beer. Mm. Um, When I ordered it at the table, the, the server came over and was like, oh yeah, like, you know, this is our anniversary. But I was like, I was like, yeah, like super excited. Like we were, we were like opening day, like congrats kind of thing. And he's like, yeah, so this is going to be our annual release. And each year that we put it out, it's going to be the same recipe, but they're going to either change how it's been aged or change one of the ingredients in it. So it's going to be like us, like an anthology beer almost, or like, a series here, which I just think is fantastic. I think uh, Deadwards does fantastic work. <clears throat> their beer, to their food, to their atmosphere, like A-plus Orlando Brewery. Talked about it a lot. Go there. Um, and this is the reason why. As much as I enjoyed the uh, the Cypress-aged lager, I can't remember what it was called now, Golden Stag, this is what they do. This is such a nice, like, multi-sweet, roasty, dark beer. But then it's like 12.2%. Like, even when I had my pour of it at the brewery, like, when I drank it, like, I was like, that's that's dangerous. Because you do not get that 12.2% on it. And to go back to our way back at the beginning... I think if I did buy another bottle of this and sat on it for a year, I I don't know what it would become, but I would still be interested to try their first anniversary at the second because it could, it could become something more. Like could get teriyaki, could be delicious. I don't know. What's nice too is like if a brewery's doing that, and again like. It'd be nice um, with them to do that recipe for the one again, remodel it, change something in it, and put out the year two. So you could try them back yeah. to back. Because, like a, ver- a vertical of it and see like, yeah. what's different between yeah. each one of these. Because when you hold on to a beer for a year, the beer changes. And if it's capped, like you're capping air in there, so that air is going to change what it is, how you store it, temperature, this, that. There's so many things that it can hurt the beer over that year that it would be nice that they rebrew it again. Same recipe, and it's not, it's never going to come out the same, especially uh, if you're barrel aging something. But I, I think I'm just going to read this blurb from the side of the bottle real quick. So apologies for jumping in, but. No, you're fine. Uh, again, they say in ancient Roman religion and myth, Janus is the god of beginnings, gates, transitions, time, duality, doorways, and passages. 
Depicted with two faces, Janus symbolized change and transitions. He could see into the past with uh, one face into the future and uh, and one into the future with the other. Uh, I, I I love that ideology. Like, <clears throat> Dead Wars, man. Like, come to Orlando, go to the theme parks, with, go to the breweries. Like, this, they're fantastic. I, I love them. I love that they love me. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, like, um, amazing experiences anytime I've been there. Uh, yeah, and a uh, brewery I've never been to but would like to go at some point is uh, Dogfish Head Craft Brew Dales, and I am drinking their Shelter Pale Ale. And this beer is a blast from the past. Um, this beer is big, malt, really floral hop on it. Um it's nice. It's not the beers. It's not this type of beer I like to drink anymore. But it is. You can. T- I mean, you can tell it's well made. It's done with care, and it's not bad. Like I'm not gonna have a problem finishing this. Um, but it's okay. It's not great. This was an exclusive in their variety pack. Um, and a couple, couple episodes ago, I had their Italian Pilsner, uh, which I thought was actually pretty good. So Paul, you got a next beer. Or are you going to call it? I'm, I'm uh, trying to get into the aviator to red, uh, for flying bison brewery. It's I, an Irish style red ale. Uh, we've liked this on the podcast before. We haven't liked it on the podcast before. It's been so hit or miss. This is five percent. Five point six percent alcohol by volume. It's in a uh, new st- new uh, new vessel. It's a sixteen ounce tall boy can. Comes in a four pack. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've been having so so many big flavorful beers that I'm trying to get into this one, and it's not. I'm I'm gonna say that's not the best beer to follow your two previous beers. With. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I probably should have started with this one. But I'm so, so excited about the Wookiee Jack. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, I, I cracked I, I don't blame right you. alongside you. I was like, hey, he's having it. I'll have another. Mm-hmm. And if Chris finds it for the next show, I'll have another <laughs> one with it. I'm hoping. Luckily, as part of my new beers resolutions, I've been going to breweries and getting stuff there. Um, I need to go to my beer store. I do realize it. I know. I'm sorry. There's like a sticky kind of old kind of sweet that's coming through. It's like a it's a it, it's not like a toffee sticky sweet, but a I don't know a soury kind sour note, a little acrid. I don't know, like an old like an old candy, like an old a like a tannin kind of no, like a, a but a sweet. I mean, maybe it's like got a bad can. Maybe you got a bad can. I don't know. I mean, it shouldn't have a souriness to it. Yeah. It's, it's I not. mean, if it's making you pucker, something's wrong. It's yeah. I mean, does so, it smell off? Because you think it should have that sweet malt taste or smell. Yeah. 
I'm not getting much on the notes, but uh, let me get let me get accustomed to it. Let me get into it, and maybe I'll talk about it later. But Chris, your Outsiders book, Outsiders number one, uh, is it one shot? Isn't but is, is it? Isn't that what it's called? It's not. It's Batman Legends of Gotham number one. Uh, oh, why? Batman's have... not in it. He's not. He's out of the picture, but he still does play kind of a a role because he might be. I don't. I don't know when this book actually takes place. Uh, They mentioned it like two or three times that he's off world. Okay, Uh, it could be during the the crisis. Um, Oh, creators! Creators! I don't have it. Um, This book, the Batman run that I just read. He's thought to be dead. The he to 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 beat um, failsafe. It had to kill him. So he let himself get killed by failsafe. So I think this is a world without the Batman right now. Gotcha. I do not like opening up Kindle on my computer because it does not give me any of the creator credits anywhere. Um, but yes, this is basically a Red Hood and the Outsiders book. Uh, it definitely takes place after the Leviathan kind of crossover that we had previously talked about, where super spies uh, organizations had all of their information stolen and they were shut down um, by an unknown entity. Turns out it's Manhunter. Um, but someone has that information out and they're ready to auction it off to the highest bidder and And this is when shield sent kate bishop and hawkeye to retrieve it right yes okay it's like the first trade i don't know what that's like the uh the first first trade of hawkeye from uh oh that's right yeah they had like the disc that they were getting into yes a lot of red and black okay francisco francavilla i'm there now um I this was a book that I had originally added to my pick for the uh, monthly look back. And then I took it off because I was like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to pick that. And then I really didn't have a lot of other books that came out. But when I was actually at my physical comic book store and I picked it up off the shelf and I kind of flipped through, I was like, oh, this actually seems kind of fun, kind of interesting. And I like seeing these characters together. Um. Black Lightning and Katana alongside the Red Hood, where they all know that they have a job to do alongside Batman because he won't do it. And I like Chase and Todd being the one that points out, it's like, no, like you're, you're Batman's Wentworth scene. Like you're only here because he can't send any of his Robins to do this. Like, you know that, um, I think this book shows off what I like about something like Red Hood and the Outlaws, where it's Jason Todd kind of being who he is, but having fun with it. Um, the twist is he's brought like Killer Croc in to the fold to get Killer Croc to get him into this villains only like mm-hmm. archive deal, not arms deal, archive deal, because they're selling off all of like, the D.E.O., Star, Batman's, uh, Spiral, like any DC Universe mm-hmm. like spy organization, 
like all of their secret intel about the heroes and villains of the universe. I I had fun with this one. It was okay, except again, <clears throat> the, like Jason Todd is trying to be jokey, and I, I think it's writers. Uh, written by Andy Diggle. I'm still looking for who did the artwork for it. Um, you mean it's, it's not Frank Quietly? It's not, but the, it's Quietly ad- adjacent. Um, Andy Diggle, art by Carl uh, Mostert. It's writers needing to differentiate the Robins. And Jason Todd needs to one be the one that just doesn't care about what Batman thinks. And I think that's that's uh, that's what's here. Like it's a good a good version of that. Yeah, it, I I didn't have any problem with that because one of the things I liked about Red Hood and the Outlaws was the humor to that book. Um, back with the New Fifty Two, like that was one of the books I stayed on the longest with that series. Um, I didn't have a problem with that. I had a problem with just the the quote unquote team itself. Okay. Like Katana and Black Lightning using Jason Todd, but not having any control over him, being like, oh, we gotta step in, we gotta do this, like all of that stuff. The thing the the best part of this book was the end when he gives the book he gives a book to killer croc who loves like french literature i was like man when that happened i was like i wish this book was more that than katana and black lightning because like they didn't do anything but be dicks in it and i was like that's not kind of how i enjoy like that's not what I like about those characters when I've read them before, and I didn't need them to be that. It would have been more interesting just Jason Todd being on the underground saying, hey, I know this is going to happen. I got to stop it. He can't go to anyone because Batman's gone. If he goes to the Goody Two Shoes Nightwing, it's going to be a whole thing. We'll never get in. They're going to compromise it. I got to be the one that gets in to do that. And then maybe him putting like having those moments with Croc and and stuff like that. Like I feel like that would have been good. But then like when they go to that space station, I was like, come on. Like it just seemed too much. And then he's using he's shooting his bullets and they're ricocheting like open exit buttons and it's just like it was too much he was in uh in on it with killer croc so he didn't actually have real bullets he would have had rubber bullets loaded to fire at killer croc but even when he's having that moment where he's fighting with him he's like ah stupid killer croc i forgot how bulletproof he is like he has that thought bubble but if if he's if you're saying what Paul's saying, he put rubber bullets in it because he knew he was going to be shooting Croc. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be like, ah, I forgot about how, about that. And that would like, have also paid off the joke with Black Lightning, though they pay it off in a different yeah, way. They do. They do bring that with up. the steel jacketed bullets. And he gets saved by all the. But then he has a real bullet to shoot the disc and blow it up. No, he doesn't have a real. Yeah, that. Yeah. I don't 
And that's not the real disc. I, oh, he does have a yeah, he does have a bullet to shoot the disc. But anything could break a disc. Yeah. Like he has the tracer bullet. I know, but it's just uh, like every time it, he loads a bullet, it's the wrong too bullet. Much stupid sh- there's too much stupid shit in this yeah. book. It's, and this like the, the little things that I liked were so small to everything. And then when they set it up at the end, then I was like when I was like, This is a one shot? I was like the fuck did I spend my money and my time on this book? Like I, I didn't hate it, but it just was like that was a lot yeah, of money. Well, for and nothing. that was the thing when it it fell off my list originally. It's because it was pricier and it was a one shot. Um, but again, it was me picking it up at the comic book store and looking at being like, oh, like there's some fun here. I can see thumbing through a book being like, oh, we should check this out. And I I don't. I have no problem spending the money. I, I don't have a problem buying the book and reading it. But it was just like what, what it what 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 was it like at well, the end of it? I I'm mean, like, what it, it the it, you say the end of it, but it says last page. It's Talia Al Ghul with the chip, and it says the end dot dot question mark because this is going to lead into Red Hood and the Outsiders. Like this is going to be a thing, and there was enough here that. I liked to be like, all right, that number one comes out. I'll, I'll pick it up. Um, my biggest issue with it wasn't any of the dumb stuff. I just didn't like the lettering in it. For me, that was like the most abrasive part of it because the, the captions are okay. Like when the robots or the aliens at the space station talking about their like cryptocurrency talking, that was okay. It was literally just the word balloons from the actual physical characters that were there. There was just something about the lettering I didn't like. How do you know that's Talia al Ghul? Uh, just the look of the character and then that kind of like filigree on the armor. Okay. Is there the demon's head there? No. Hmm. Because I, I was also, like, who the fuck's that character? Well, also <laughs> recently, anytime Talia's been like appearing in anything, whether it was Robin or um, the Batman versus Robin stuff, she's all all white jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. All right. You said this that is and a I book, was like, John. Did I miss that? This is a book, John, that asks questions of the reader and is, have you been reading other books that have Talia Al Ghul in them? Well, she was a character in Leviathan, so I guess. Oh, she was. Leviathan stuff is surprisingly good. If you haven't checked that out, dear listener, go do it. Because Brian Michael Bendis really isn't working with DC anymore. And I think that's kind of going to be his swan song. When people look back on his time at DC, it's going to be, oh, Leviathan was like really cool. It did what he did. At Marvel, when he first got over there, he took like a character nobody remembered or cared about and did a cool thing with it. I actually enjoyed his the Superman stuff that I read of his. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. I I, I, I like Leviathan more, but now he's back to doing his own kind of indie stuff at the. It's not Marvel, but it's like the Marvel like 
it's not icon anymore yeah he had like three different titles with them uh yeah but speaking of leviathan and big whodunits that involve who's now over at uh the Daily Planet as their editor-in-chief. Paul's book. Uh, so my thoughts on uh, Red... Red <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Guys, this is a heist book. Yeah. I should love it. Paul likes a heist. This, the first couple pages, what's it doing? It's setting up, it's setting up the team. It's bringing the team together. Next, next page. They're talking about how they're going to have to get their mark, hit their mark, tail the guy, get do a do a drop, switch back drop, you know, like all the stuff in the heist. And then yeah. when that goes wrong, guess what they got to do? Now that they got to go the, now they got to go to the bank, the bank in freaking space, and do the heist up there. This is this is Galaxy Eleven. Not this oceans. just in Paul's favorite book of them. <laughs> My favorite so, book of all time. And I just listened <laughs> to two idiots talk trash about it. I, so you, you talk trash. I I liked it. It was it was cool. So so it's so surprising that this book doesn't work for me with all that. Because it doesn't do it well. Because everything is telling and not showing. Okay. You you got Black Lightning talking to Katana about how you can't trust Red Hood. And they don't show you any of that in it. And it's, they got to build it up, build it up. You can't trust him, can't trust him. So that payoff at the end that John actually liked pays off. And that people like John will like it. That he's there with Killer Croc and, uh, and point, a book. Point of contention. There's no one like John. <laughs> there is no Best friends. <laughs> Best friends. Um, there's, there, but there's nothing in this book that shows you the the you know the the, the through line. You got you actually got him like John was saying, uh, Red Hood with the thought balloon. I forgot how thick skinned Killer Croc is. The narrator, the guy that's pulling off the scam. You know, the double that's a double reverse. That's in every good heist movie, right? Like, aha, you knew I was going to do this. So that's why I did this to foil you foiling me. You thought you foiled me, but I foiled you. And then we get the triple reverse at the end where there was a decoy and, you know, she slipped the dead disc out. All hallmarks of a good heist tale, but. Yeah, it all falls apart because nothing's actually built up. Everything that is built up isn't earned, and the characters aren't like you're not rooting for any one of them. But uh, I think just on the base of any of these characters, they're not people that you root for. Like the last time I was excited for a Black Lightning book was when we had Final Crisis, and they had the like. Uh, it was World like War, resist, resist. And, yeah. resist and something else where it was like, yeah. oh, they have a hero that's standing with or standing against. And then the twist is like, oh, no, this person you're going to be is standing with the 
Libra and his like cadre of villains. No, they're actually against them. The person that was standing against them. Oh no, they're falling in line. I think that was the last time I saw Black Lightning outside of the uh, Justice League of America written mm-hmm. by the guy who did the books, Brad Meltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the last time I cared about Black Lightning. And in this book, I literally had like a, hey, it's Black Lightning. And I I, I'm not dismissing any of your, your points, Paul. Like, they're all very valid. I think I just went into this like in a different mood mm-hmm. and with maybe like a little bit lower expectations. And it was like, yeah, it hit them. I think like the, the bones are there. The bones are, <laughs> the bones are there for this book, but it just, the, there's a lot that just doesn't add up where there was enough for barbarians that added up for me to be like, I check out what's going on. Were this like the stuff that added up, didn't add up to me wanting to read more or caring. And I, not that I cared at the end of last barbarians, but I was more interested to see where it could go. Yeah. And John, that's again, completely valid. And I don't fault you for feeling that way. Uh, but just look forward to whenever red Hood and the outsiders, <laughs> number one comes out. Cause that'll be my pick. Paul, you also brought a book to the table that everyone really enjoyed. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, this is a book that I picked up just yesterday because because as we're recording or two days ago, uh, as we're recording on Thursday, the 23rd, this book came out on Tuesday, the 21st. Uh, and this is Superman number one. And this is being written by Joshua Williamson and art by Jamal Campbell. And this is uh, Kal-El is back. He's back on Earth after being away and letting, you know, his son, Jonathan Kent, uh, be Superman, the son of Jura, uh, son of uh, Kent or son of Superman, be Superman for a while. And he's back in Metropolis. He's back at the newspaper. But now his wife is the boss. Uh, he is editor in chief because, you know, um, Perry White had a heart attack, heart attack and he's on a heart attack or did he have a stroke? I don't remember. He had a cardiac event. Be it a stroke or, or a, a, a circulatory event, uh, and he's on sabbatical, so she's taking over the role of editor in chief. Um, Jimmy Olsen knows he's Superman, right? No, it's very nobody, confusing. Nobody knows that he's Superman. Oh, if right, you, right, right, because that was the thing in Superman in uh, Action Comics ten fifty one. Because as soon as he anybody figures out he's Superman. He has like a weird, they have like a heart attack or a stroke. You're right. Yeah. So it must have been a stroke. Um, other than the lowest link, because they're married. He let people in his world know, like his family and stuff know. But, uh, but Lex Luthor is incarcerated, but he's not going to let them, let that a little thing like incarceration stop him from, uh, you know, making moves. In Metropolis, and uh, he he's not 100 percent sure, but he's pretty darn sure that Superman can hear him at all times. And he's just telling like when he knows that he's fighting somebody, he's just telling him what to do, because what else is he going to do? He's incarcerated. He's in prison and Superman doesn't want to hear it, but he can't help himself but hear 
Lex. No matter how hard he tries to tune him out, he spent so many of so much of his time and so many of his years to focus on him to listen that he can't tune him out. And I I really liked that part of the the beginning of this book. And I was like, oh, well, that's really interesting. At first I was like, oh, who's he who's in his ear telling him this? And then I was like, oh, it's Lex Luthor. But like, okay, you didn't listen to me here. Use your frost breath, cause a mist, do this, take her out, do this. You don't have time in 48 hours. Everything's going to fall apart. And then they started doing the not not to step over you, Paul, but then you have those you have those beats between Lois and him. And then something happens and he flies off and then he walks in and Lex has given LexCore over to Superman, and now all those people who were creating Super all that core. stuff, SuperCore, are now doing everything to help him. And if he doesn't take it, everybody loses their job in Metropolis because <laughs> more than 50% of the people work for him. Like, it has all these beats that I was like, oh, they're doing this? Oh, at the end of it, I'm like, I kind of like it. Oh, uh, they're doing what? this? Oh, the anime girl. One of my favorite beats is when they're in like the bullpen of the Daily Planet, and Lois like bursts out like, "I need this. Ugh, give me stories." And then like a couple pages later, she's like, "Why did I take this job?" And Clark's just like, <laughs> "Well, because you're the only person that could take it over from Perry. Like, it makes sense." But it's like there's so much character to this book. And it all works so well that reading this made me think back to when we read action comics and being like, I was very like mixed on that book. How? Because this, this just sings Superman. Well, because action comics, as soon as he, the song started, it would end and then we would move on to the next tune. It was like, you know, scanning the radio constantly. This, you got to actually get to the drop. Uh, I do like that Jamal Campbell, his artwork, he just draws Clark Kent as like a fucking brick house. Like, (laughs) dude is huge, like, wearing his glasses and his headphones and his, like, hoodie and, like, like small little hat sitting at his desk. It's like, how do none of these people, like, put anything together? Well, I think he's wearing the headphones because he's just trying to drown out. Oh, no, he, he definitely is. And like yeah. Lois speaks to that. But I just think it's like super funny that like you have this big, beefy Clark Kent with like these tiny, like little like. Uh, like yeah, specs. dime sized. Yeah, like eyeglasses, like sitting at his desk and it's like. Really, everyone else like you're not seeing this. Um but continue, Paul. I'm sorry. I just wanted to jump in because no, no, it's fine. Yeah, I, I felt a good spot. I, I feel like this is a good, like, more detailed, more you know, more uh, a step up from the like animated series. But you get a oh, cool callback oh, to the guys, animated yeah, series. Okay, I was gonna say thank you for bringing that up because I I dug that a lot with the you know when he goes in and sees Supcore and uh, Marcy who has arms. Like her arms are like built. 
Mercy's. Mercy's? Yeah, Mercy's. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mercy Graves, who also appears in my pick <laughs> for this. Synergy! Synergy! Um, I just love that, like, the, the first thing, of course, Superman says, oh, okay, so I control it all? Hey, scientists that are trying to do stuff good for the world, I give you the corp to you as a gift. And she's like, yeah, as soon as that happens, everybody gets laid off, like you mentioned, John. But yeah. I'm also thinking that as soon as that happens, you're like, hey, Bruce, can you come over? I got some books that I want you to look at. I need you to help me run this company. I'm running it. Well, you're, you know, you're running it. Uh, I, can I so, borrow uh, Fox for Lucius Fox for a couple days? <laughs> I also love the two like, oh, as soon as we started doing stuff for Superman and to help Superman, everybody is, is like super positive about their jobs. Nobody's depressed. Everybody loves it. We haven't had anybody jump off the roof for a week. <laughs> I was... love that to get Superman's goat. Uh, Lex is like, I'm going to create a. A replica of me as your dad. Yeah, this is hey, for Hall you, Graham. Clark. This is for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, instead of Jor El, it's Lex L. Like, <laughs> hey, and that's the thing that sends him overboard. Like, fuck this guy. <laughs> uh, but then, like, again, not to separate, like the twist of the book is like, you got to get your shit together because you're not fighting your villains. You're fighting my villains now. And it's like, and again, like you have these moments, you're like, okay, so this is what the book's going to be about. And then you have something else happen. You're like, oh no, this is what the book's going to be about. Like, oh, this is, oh, if this guy can tie all of this together, this is a super book, a Superman book that I'm going to sit down and read. And now I have two Superman books that I'm reading, which is uh, bizarre. I can't tell you the last time. I was interested in continuing to read two Superman books with World's Finest and now this. And again, like I said, like hey, if you pick up back to comics, like I think I might be in the super uh, the super world right now. I'm just happy that I'm becoming more of a Superman fan when there's actually good Superman comic books coming. Out. I'm just happy that Paul's picking books that I like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, power rankings, guys. It's time. John, I don't think you started off. I'll uh, rank it. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, Superman. It always matters. Superman. Yes. Superman number one. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Last Barbarians number two. And then um, Legend, like of Go- Legend of Gotham number three. Um, I, I, As much as I poo-pooed it, I didn't think um, Batman Legends of gotham was a bad book i think i just wanted more out of it and then when i got the thing that i liked about the book it was only four panels that i really liked of it um or that really like i was like oh it was a good pay I, i guess it was the best little the best payoff in the book but again like it was the reading best the little payoff in texas yeah but also it didn't make sense with other it just didn't make sense with other stuff like it's okay um i'll I'll jump in because i feel like you and i have similar but there's like two flipped um because superman number one's my number one and then i'm going with batman legends of gotham as my number two just because i like all of these characters i like seeing them kind of like put together and i had fun with it 
it was more than I expected or wanted it to be as just kind of like an impulse grab off the shelf. Um, and then Last Barbarians was my number three because the bones are there. It it just didn't like fill those bones. I need some meat on them. And I think Legend of Gotham, it, it had a little bit of meat there. Like it could be leading into something more. And I want to see where it goes, not just like what it becomes. Paul. Uh, I was going to agree with you, Chris, until you mentioned something. You said, I, I like these characters. I like spending time with them in Batman <laughs> Legends of the Gotham. Paul just doesn't like any of those characters then. Okay. I do like those characters, but I didn't get those characters in that okay. book, I feel. I, I feel like uh, uh, like Katana's going to be Katana. I don't really know who Katana is, but... like I, She's I got a sword. Jeff- she, I want she's Jeffrey mad Pierce. about her dead husband. That's, that's the I character. I want Jefferson Pierce, right? That's his name? Jefferson Pierce? Yeah. Black Lightning. Is he a teacher? teacher. I yeah, he was a teacher. I don't, principal. But I don't know where we're at. Wasn't now. he like a senator, too? Then he, he becomes a senator during he, he led, like, he the also, Department of Education under Lex Luthor. Yeah, I was going to say, he also, yeah. And then he Comic was like, are weird guys. He was the the white uh, the white king too. Mm-hmm. For uh, check checkmate uh, checkmate for a little while. I don't remember enough or know enough about checkmate to challenge that. So I'll say, yeah. pro- it would make sense. Yeah. That's so I, I'm going to go with Superman. Don DC Superman number one is my top pick. My second pick is going to be The Last Barbarians. Even though there was like things that I wanted to enjoy more, and I'm like, I can get this someplace better, someplace else. It's like eating at like a restaurant, and you're like... Applebee's. Yeah. Like, all the food Sorry. is edible. Sorry. It's just, like, not good. That, and yes. You're like, Paul, you've perfectly described Applebee's, Chili's, Chili's. and TGI Fridays in one fell swoop, because... Those are my, like, bare bones, like, if you're looking, like, one to five ranking, those are all a three. It's like, yes, I can go here. I can order something. It's going to be food. And I'll be like, yes. This was food. This was what I had ordered. But it doesn't do anything to elevate it. You know what I say when I go to those places? I could eat there, but I got a microwave at home. Yeah. Straight straight up true. Like, that's... That's microwave fine. food. It, it just tastes like microwave food. Uh, so, and then my last pick would be uh, Batman. Legends of Gotham. It's like hanging out with friends that are just in a weird mood. It's just like, you're not feeling like, what's up, man? Like, Give not- them a Snickers. And then you can put ads in all of your books. Synergy. <laughs> no, they're just not. They're just not, uh, not, the, not the right. Not, uh, something's off. I do like when we're all in agreement, and I do think Superman might be a book that I wind up grabbing now, because I really dug it from the story to the art. Like, Yeah, we didn't really talk about the art, too. I thought the art fit the book perfectly. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I need to go back to that action comics and look through it, because... I feel like the art in that was reminiscent of this, but I don't think it was Jamal Campbell on that art. And I wish it had been because I probably would have come out of Action Comics feeling stronger about it because this is a Superman book that I want to buy. And the last time I actively bought a Superman book when it was 
written by Scott Snyder with art by Jim Lee. And it was like Superman Unchained, I think. Uh, it is. Uh, he does do art in this book. Okay. He does the Lex stuff, which is the beginning of the book. Um, for Action Comics. Uh, for Action Comics, yes, yeah, sorry. Well, is that, is that the show, guys? Yeah, I think that's the show. So thanks for checking us out. Hey, if you read a comic book that we missed out on, let us know. Email us over at bagnerbroadcast at gmail.com. Or comment on any of the social media posts that you found this episode through. Hey, like us on that, too. Follow us, subscribe, all of that stuff. I had a hard time finding a book this month. I thought February was a rough I did, too. I had my book on, and then I took it off, and then I was looking for another book to pick and couldn't find something. And then I was like, yeah, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Guys, if you want to be part of this uh, Bag Boardcast uh, synergy, synergy, <laughs> listen to Parks and Wrecked uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, watch me over on Twitch. Watch Chris over on Twitch as well. I've only done like two streams on it. Paul, you're on there like every other night. No, I'm on there every Tuesday. Every Tuesday at about six o'clock. Every Tuesday, which feels like every other night because I get a, I get an update that someone's like, hey, someone's trying to sign to your account. It's the same account. <laughs> it's just me. But I just go to the email. I'm good. All right. Follow us there. Follow, do all the stuff. Thank you. Bye. Bye.